Hi, I'm Mark Priestley. You're listening to the Everything F1 podcast, driven by the fans, for the fans. EF1 podcast. This is the Everything F1 podcast, where we're reviewing the Silverstone Grand Prix. And boy, have we got lots to talk about. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. We've got a bumper episode today for some reason. We've got five of us to uh, talk to. Um, today with me, alongside me from the Everything F1 team, we've got Danny. Hi, Danny. How are you? Hello. All good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you very much. And Sponge. How are you doing, Sponge? All good. Thank you very much. Good. And we've got Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi. Hello. And we've got <laughs> the Welshie, Tom. Pinhounder. Uh, yeah, whatever that meant. <laughs> <laughs> that means good afternoon in Welsh. Ah, okay, but we're recording in the evening. <laughs> All right, fucking hell. Adam, you can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> so we are the Everything F1 team. You can find us on our social medias. We are at JoinEF1 on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We have a Discord server. And of course, don't forget the very important website, www.everythingf1.com. And because you're listening to us now, we would like to hit, we'd like you to subscribe to our podcast. Let's do that on your favourite uh, podcast streaming service. And if it does have the ability, give us a five-star review and we will read your name out on the next podcast. So, let's talk about the weekend. Let's have a first kind of three-line review from everyone. We'll go to Danny first. Danny, three-line review for the weekend. <clears throat> um, interesting, surprising and good yeah I, yeah very descriptive words there uh <laughs> we'll go to sponge three lines uh, surprising <laughs> i was surprised but i wasn't surprised at the same time yeah um i was more shocked at the comments after the race mm-hmm. than the actual incident during the race um but yeah it's uh setting it up nicely setting up nicely for a good season it's been very good so far. But what were your three? What's your three-line review of the weekend, Joe? Um, well, we got some heat and a massive explosion, but just not necessarily in a bad way, didn't we? Mm. Uh, that was an um, intriguing weekend. It was. I like that, Joe. Eh? <laughs> I like that. It was. That was pretty good. That's because normally when Pillar asks us about the three. Uh, sentence review. I always do a Danny and do three words. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't listening really. I just did three words. <laughs> Dan, Danny's half asleep. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd he's, he's got a toddler. He's week. got a toddler. He's excused. He's excused. <laughs> I have full sympathy for him. Uh, Tom, we won't leave you out. What's your three-line review of the weekend? Um, I'm going to go with Hamilton yeets Verstappen. <laughs> so just three words as well. I, I should change it to a three-word review then. Um, my three line yeah, review well um, a mixed up program which was great and uh, an exciting race where what was brewing happened 
Uh, and <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about about that. I think that will probably be the main subject of this podcast. So let's basically move on to it then. We cannot go any further without saying that Lewis Hamilton was the winner of the British Grand Prix after coming second in the sprint race uh, and, of course, first in qualifying. Um, a, a bit of a different routine for, to the weekend, which we will talk about a little bit later on. But we can't go any further into the podcast without talking about the incident uh, into cops with Max Verstappen. Now, Max Verstappen did start the race uh, in pole position, so he started first. Uh, and the first few corners were just absolutely amazing to watch. It was great racing from the two boys uh, out in front uh, of Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Um, but they got to cops where some people would say maybe it shouldn't have been an, an overtaking manoeuvre. Some people would say it was a perfectly good opportunity for somebody to take over but the inevitable happened we've been talking about it all season on the podcast saying they're going to come together at some point uh, and this is where it happened at the british grand prix uh, lewis hamilton and max verstappen came together uh, hamilton shunting uh, max verstappen off into the barrier uh, at f giving him a 51g accident so first of all we're going to go over to danny danny what were your thoughts on the accident uh, well to start off with let's just say the abuse afterwards um was ridiculous unbelievable and disgusting no matter who you agree with uh, and i know uh, between um the five of us and even the rest of the um the admin crew there is a lot of difference of opinions <laughs> but what we don't do is abuse each other or the drivers because it's not acceptable so uh, and we all agree on that i think so um mm -hmm. just to get that out of the out of the way really um, the incident itself, uh, well, <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, look, what I've said is the way that the races have been this year mm -hmm. means it had to be a penalty. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether you, I, in the ideal world, a first or second lap incident like that, when it's such a a racing situation like that which it was corner after corner it was just you know from both of them it was desperation to keep first and it was desperation to get first that's a racing incident mm. but in a season like we've got now where the the throwing penalties out like i don't know what and you know penalty points and everything else land you know as we said lando didn't even touch perez um and he got um you know um Time penalties and penalties. And time yeah. penalty, yeah. You know, so when you've set the president like that, you have to give a time penalty. Uh, you have to give a penalty, even. Um, it can't go down as a racing incident. In the ideal world, um, as F1 fans, that's what we want to see. Every single F1 fan has complained that it's not been enough racing, there's not been enough action, and there's not been enough passing. For a couple of years now, people have had that issue. So then when it happens and one of the drivers come off worse than the other, it's stupid to complain about that as much as people are. <laughs> you know, it just seems silly to just, it just seems silly that the, the hatred I've seen is unbelievable. I don't understand how somebody can hate a driver so much for doing his job. I mean, there was, a, Hamilton had a gap to get into, whether he should have put himself there or not, is a, the argument you know but still so okay give, give us your opinion on that should was he in the right was was he in the right mind to do that was it was he was was is he 
in your interpretation of the rules allowed to do what he did well yeah i mean look what was it senna said you know if you if you don't go for a gap that's there um, you shouldn't be driving. Um, don't quote me on that because that's not the exact quote he said. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Sponge will correct me there. Uh, but yeah, that was a no version of it. For a gap that exists, and you're no longer a racing driver. Exactly that, you know. So if you're not going for that gap that exists, you're not racing. And Lewis is a mm. racer. Do I think that he should have got penalty? Yes, probably. You know, he took Max out of the race, and then you've got the argument of um, he's took the the lead racer out of the race completely, the person who he was battling with, um, that race is done for Max now. Mm. Lewis then benefited from, whether this is just, obviously it's just luck, let's say, um, the red flag he was able to get you know, damage repaired, and then he was able to go on with his race and win the race, whereas Max is still out of the race either way. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you... Uh, say Max had the dominant position which I believe he did and then Lewis has took him out of that race seems a bit unfair that then Lewis has benefited so much so I can see why people are you know annoyed by that and I think yeah it, it, it's a difficult one I've, I've changed my mind a million times since I've seen it and I've watched it a million times so you're, it's, uh... you're a fickle beast Let, let's go to someone who's not quite so fickle uh, and who's kind of towed this same line since uh, the incident on Sunday we'll go to Sponge Sponge it's a racing incident isn't it I think so <laughs> <laughs> runs runs and hides <laughs> uh, I think first of all as I think we're all going to do I think I completely agree with Danny and I think it needs to be said by all of us everybody has a difference of opinion respect each other don't don't start name calling don't bring race into it if we see anybody that's doing that on our platforms you'll be gone and we won't want to see you again um, and we'll probably report you well yeah exactly properly. well we will it goes without saying that we absolutely will um, but yeah just to reiterate what Danny said he was spot on uh, n zero tolerance at the end of the day there's no need for it you stop doing it sort yourself out so that's that that's it. Um, I do think it was a racing incident I think both of them could have avoided that accident mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to read you some notes that I made on the run up to me being asked this question right yeah Christian Horner reckons that you do not put a wheel up the inside on that corner Okay, so he reckons that you do not you do not do that. Now, Sebastian Vettel and Fernando Alonso in two, 2014, okay, mm. that move happened. Yeah, they they were lauded as the best battle of the race, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it was Alonso that passed. Uh, Vettel that passed Alonso. No, wasn't it? Vettel Alonso. Uh, Vettel that passed Alonso. Mm -hmm. It was it was rated as like the best overtake of the race. Mm -hmm. uh, going back a bit, we had Kimi Raikkonen versus Takuma Sato in 2004. Made the exact same pass, and then actually, as 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 um, as recent as 2019, Bottas and Hamilton went mm -hmm. side by side into cups, and both came out the other side. And it was lauded as unbelievably great racing between the two. Can I add to this? When, when has there been a part of a track that people have said, no, you cannot overtake on that? That Where, where well, is no, that no, in no, any exactly. rules? I mean, it's in, like, you know, let's just cancel that world. part of the track. 
Tiller, Tiller I, I, I can answer that for you. Um, part of the Macau Street Circuit is under permanent wave double yellows only because it is so narrow. But obviously, F1 doesn't even race there. Yeah, but we don't race there yet. In Formula One, uh, it's... it's <laughs> yeah, that, that's the start of the day, though. Yeah, but he was, he's, listening, he's been listening to the race podcast, which is where he got that from. <laughs> I have indeed. <laughs> because I, I also heard that from the race podcast, too. Podcast. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I knew that, too. Well, I wasn't going to crack it open yet. Um, but yeah, why would, but I, I why think, would any, I think... any part of the track be not available to race on? It, it's not. Sense? It's not. At the end of the day, it's absolutely not. Um, I, I'm disgusted at Red Bull's comments after. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. You fight your corner, but to go as far as they did, I'm not surprised. I'm not at all surprised. Christian Horner don't like the bloke. Um, if that was the other way round, he would have been clapping his hands. Um, like like I've like I've said from the very start, Lewis isn't. You know, he's he's not absolved of any blame at all. He had as much to do with that accident as Max did. I mean, as soon as Max pulled over onto the racing line on the left-hand side just before cups, Lewis went over as well, mm-hmm. which is what caused Lewis to miss the apex because he was looking at Max and not the apex and he missed his braking point. So he did go, he did understeer. I don't think he understeered as much as people are making out that he did. I, I just think he missed he, he missed his apex a tiny little bit. Max knew that he was there because he straightened up the wheel, and then he yanked the wheel right again. Now, whether that was because he thought that that Lewis was going to give up the place doesn't matter. At the end of the day, Lewis didn't give up the place. So they they if they both th- thought that each other was going to give up the space, it's a racing incident as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. I think Max, Max originally when he straightened straightened up the wheel, if he'd have, if things had have played out that way without him yanking back right, I think he would have given Lewis enough enough room. I think Lewis would have gone slow out of the corner, and Max would have had him back anyway. Mm. But I think, I, th- I think I just think it's a racing incident. If 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 I have to be. Uh, if I have to be really, really, really cynical, I would probably lay it a little bit more at Lewis's door. But I, no, I, I, I'm, I'm done with the fact that people keep getting penalties for these kind of things. And the other, the other point that I really think is very important that needs to be made here is that lap up until that point. Max bumped wheels with Lewis down the Wellington straight. Absolutely yeah. no need whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He was already being aggressive on that lap. If you look back to to races that have gone by, Lewis has always been the one that's pulled out. This time he didn't, and Red Bull, ain't, you know, they're not happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joe... Max has got a taste of his own medicine, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, racing incident. I'm done. That's all I want to say. <laughs> well, we will come back to you, I'm sure. But we'll go to our resident Max Max Verstappen fan. Uh, Joe, uh, you, you, you're bound to have a different opinion, or do you not have a different opinion? What, 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 what do you think? Honestly, that was a recent incident, and I have to obviously second or third or however it's pronounced at this point. Um, both the gents here about the complete disgust I feel at what's come out of all of this, mm-hmm. especially the fact that these guys drive around this track for our entertainment. 
Okay, yeah. that's our entertainment, and we are screaming at them that we want wheel-to-wheel action, that we don't want them to be snowflakes, we want them to get in there. And the second they do, uproar is caused. <laughs> and I think it's utterly appalling. And then you want the disgraceful acts of certain fans afterwards. It's a complete mess. But at the end of the day, this was lap one. You have two amazingly skilled drivers mm-hmm. fighting for championship. This is the championship battle that we're looking at. Mm. That was a racing incident. That was a complete joke. Now, yes, I do feel that if blame has to be put, I would put it marginally towards Lewis, more so. However, if I had been Lewis, I would have stuck my wheel in and went for it too because they're fighting for a championship. It's what they're supposed to do. Do you know what? I just, I think it's these... These points and penalties that we've had up to this this uh, race so far this season are destroying the season. Absolutely, we have waited years for this. We finally have it, and it's something as silly as the precedent from before that's now ruined it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. I mean, I could go on the subject for hours about it, about how both teams have reacted. One thing I would like to say is. For all fans to please remember and give the grace that every single person, whether they work in the factory or are driving the F1 cars, put their everything into these race weekends. Could you imagine putting every single thing, like every part of you, into something? Whether you win or lose, whether it's good or bad, the second that's over and all that adrenaline leaves your system and your emotions come out, and these guys have mics shoved in their faces. So, like, we all know Horner loves to moan and he loves his own (laughs) voice, right? So we know he's going to moan about this to the hills. But can we also remember that he probably got a good fright in what happened to Max? And so he's probably going to say things... Well, it's Horner, he'll not regret it. But you know what I mean? (laughs) Both of them, both teams have just seen a driver that they genuinely care about in something pretty scary. And their adrenaline's left their system. They're going to say things that maybe later on they probably wouldn't say. Same with Max about this whole hoo-ha, what he said in the hospital. The dude's just had the life scared out of him. Give him a break. <laughs> like, let him take 24 hours. It's, there's always something. And as fans, we're loving this. We're loving the, the radios during the live uh, feeds. We're, we're loving that we can, you know, get these interviews with them immediately after they finish. Mm. But I remember there'd been one race where Lewis just broke down. And oh my God. God, the internet went nuts about it because, you know, he's shown emotion. That guy's just busted his gut for you. Have a little grace. Mm. Calm down, you know. If that had been you, I'm sure you would have reacted in hundreds of ways that you're maybe not so proud of or maybe you are and you just need a moment. (laughs) And I think we all need to remember that no matter who it is in the team, they have worked hard and no matter what the outcome is, We need to give them a moment to breathe before we criticise them for the first words that come out of their mouth. Because that's just not very fair. You know, we wouldn't like if it was us. And if you, you know, really love F1 and really love this content that we're getting, you need to take it with, you know, the good and the bad. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's go to our final final panel member today. Uh, Tom. What your what's your opinion? You 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 were on the side of Max Verstappen, weren't you, this uh, uh, this weekend? Yeah, so my initial thought with the shunt was, holy hell, that's a big shunt. The rate, he, he went into the tyres sideways as well, mm-hmm. and then obviously seeing the sort of mangled mess of that Red Bull afterwards, and seeing Verstappen, when he got out of the car, looking pretty 
pretty shaken. He was walking quite gingerly as well. I was, my very first thought was, I hope he's okay. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we found that he was by and large okay. I watched the replays. Um, now, obviously, as fans who, who were, you know, you know, I wasn't wasn't not lucky enough to be at Silverstone this weekend, so I was watching. I would say from the comfort of my own home, but it was about thirty five degrees in my living room, so <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily call it comfort. Um, but you know, having the luxury of watching replays, being able to slow stuff down, pause it, rewind it, zoom, all that kind of thing, you know, just just pull about with the images. It's easy for for people like us to sit here and look at it and, and say, oh, well, you know, he was only so far up and all the rest of it. What we forget is these drivers are on the absolute ragged edge. They are lap one of a race. They're going side by side into a, what, 180-ish mile an hour corner. You know, maybe, maybe a bit slower than that. I don't know offhand how quick Cops is. Um and you know they got adrenaline pumping. It was hot on Sunday. Obviously, it's still hot now in the UK. And it's um, and for, for a driver to make those kind of split-second decisions is it's a, it's it's a lot harder for them compared to people like us who are just sitting at home. Having watched it and having seen, yes, Hamilton was he was gaining on Max. Let's be fair, he was getting incredibly close, and he had every right to put his car at the inside we all know I'm a Verstappen fan, not a fanboy, just a fan mm -hmm. and um, <laughs> yeah, I leave the fanboy to Joe um, mm. but, um, but but seeing Lewis coming at the inside I I, I, I thought Hamilton was, was going to have him and then seeing how Hamilton didn't hit, hit, hit the apex on the inside of, of of the corner, which obviously then takes us into Max and Beckett's. Yes, Hamilton didn't touch that apex, but Max still left him a car's width. And just because the racing line goes over the apex or goes near the apex, that doesn't necessarily mean that Hamilton is obliged to take the apex. Um, I don't know if you've seen the onboard of where Verstappen sees Hamilton is there. He's already turning right. He straightens the wheel just a fraction and then turns right again just to potentially allow a bit more room. It's very reminiscent of... Uh, there's a clip of Kimi, I think, in Canada from about 2011, 2012 in his Lotus days where someone comes out the pits and Kimi just does this sort of instinctive, like, sort of, like, over... It looks like an oversteer correction, but it's not. It just straightens the car for, for a fraction of a second. Um, seeing Verstappen do that and then... Obviously, seeing Lewis alongside, I think it is. It's in my opinion, you know, my humble opinion, you know, for whatever that's worth. It was a racing incident that was caused by Hamilton, if that makes sense. And something like this has been brewing for for a little while. Um, it was always going to happen. It's sod's law that it happens at the home of Hamilton, mm -hmm. um, and then. The penalties afterwards, he was always going to get a penalty. Whether I agree with it or not, I don't necessarily agree with the penalty. But he, but Hamilton's got the penalty. Well, let's talk about that. We, uh, Joe mentioned they've set the precedent already. Uh, the, the the stewards um, in previous races this season uh, penalising these sorts of things, see, the, these sorts of moves, and that's not where we want to go with racing. That's I don't know who's you know briefed the stewards and said you know what well let's make this as clinical as possible we don't want any wheel-to-wheel -wheel action we you know if somebody pushes someone wide penalize them so they don't do it again we've been like like joe said we've been 
for years uh, wanting this wheel-to-wheel racing, uh, wanting this kind of action. Um, and it just looks like the, the, the stewards are trying to make it a bit too clinical. Um, what I will add is is what I think Lewis Hamilton's doing. doing you know, I don't think this is it's going to be difficult and I'll, I'll hopefully I'll describe it properly. I don't think anything was done on purpose in terms of it's a split second uh, decision to obviously use that overtake manoeuvre. Um, I don't personally think he made a decision I'm going to run Max Verstappen off the road, which a lot of people have, you know, in comment sections, in, in all over the social media. This is what people have said. I, I categorically deny the fact that that would ever happen. Uh, but I don't think any driver would specifically go out of the way, especially at 180 mile an hour, um, to push a competitor off the track. Um, it obviously has happened historically with some drivers, but that they were at much slower speeds. They were, you know, it was much more controlled, uh, and there was an obvious reason for it. Um, but uh, the, as I say, he it was it was definitely not done on purpose. But what I do think that he that Hamilton might have a mindset of now is. I've been pushed around by Max Verstappen for far too long where I yield to make sure I live to fight another day. He's probably got a little bit more of a mindset now where he's thinking, you know what, I'm not going to yield because if I yield, I'm going to lose my points uh, and and he's going to always get the the you know, you know, the 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 better step on the uh, podium. Um what are your thoughts on that sponge? Uh I think you can't expect one driver to be aggressive mm-hmm. and then not expect the other driver to be aggressive. I think, uh, I don't know who it was that shared it in the group the other day, but it was the the quote from Christian Horner after the Spanish Grand Prix. And he, he quoted at the end, he said, "If uh, I'm glad that Hamilton um, gave in and let off because if he didn't, then he'd have been in the wall. Mm-hmm. Or Max would have been in the wall. No." Why? Why is Max allowed to be more aggressive than Hamilton? You, you know, he's uh, because he's both, Christian both, Horner's driver. <laughs> well, I get that, but that seems to be quite a popular opinion that's that's going around at the moment. That mm-hmm. you know, in my opinion, the move on Sunday was very aggressive by both drivers. Max yeah. was very aggressive when he straightened the wheel up and then yanking it right again. That was a very aggressive move Yeah. because he was heading then for the apex of the corner, even though there was a car on his inside and he knew there was a car on his inside. Mm-hmm. So that that's an aggressive move. Lewis made a very aggressive move by going down the inside in the first place. Yeah. From my point of view, when when has it ever been the case that the person on the outside going into a corner is entitled to a corner no whether it's racing line or not mm. if a car is up up alongside him which when you're on board with max you can see lewis's front wing so it's not like it was just rear wheel to uh sorry front wheel to rear wheel in my opinion lewis did actually try and pull out kind of half-heartedly Max, Max kind of half-heartedly or instinctively pulled out and then was like, no, nah, I'm going to go for this. But I, I just keep coming back that they're both to blame. But why is one allowed to be more more aggressive than the other? You know, that that attitude, mm. the, the attitude that Red Bull are basically saying is, we want to shut Lewis down. We want to make this a precedent that Lewis is not allowed to be aggressive against Max. 
Now, I'm not being funny, but I've said on this podcast before, a couple of seasons ago, if Matt carried on the way that he was, moving under braking, being so aggressive, he was going to end up causing a massive accident. I'm not saying that he did cause that a massive accident, but he's been aggressive from the very start. I just, I just don't understand why one is allowed to be more aggressive than the other. I don't, I don't get the argument. I also don't get the argument that unless you're in front going into the corner, you have to give that that up. That's not the case. The rules are, if if your your front wheel is alongside the rear wheel, then you're entitled to room. Mm-hmm. Max gave him room. Fair enough. But but Lewis gave him I, room I mean, back. Exactly. Well, he did, but it, he it still wasn't, understeered it, it wasn't that, didn't the, he? It wasn't the prime real estate, but it was it no. was still real estate on the track. But he still, uh, again, I mean, this is where I contradict myself, mate, and this is why I keep coming back to the racing incident. I'm not a Lewis fan. I'm not a Max fan. I, I just come back to the fact that they were both racing really hard. Lewis understeered. Max decided he wanted that, that line, and they both came together. And they shouldn't be coming together at the end of the day. But both were trying to assert their aggressiveness on the other driver. And I, I don't think it's the end. I don't think. I think this is just the start of what's going to happen. This it, is going to be like the old Senna and Mansell. It's going to rumble on and rumble on and rumble on let's until hope. they both have a conversation, understand each other, and go right. Well that's it now then let's just stop being silly <laughs> yeah but yeah, neither of them will back down we've got hungry next week uh, yeah next weekend uh, we we hope it continues further what are you going to say Joe? sorry carry on um, I was just going to say I, I, I'm with you on that one Sponge it's not going to back you know this isn't going to stop it just at this weekend I mean Max has been born and bred an F1 driver mm. we all know this right yeah. I am not saying that it's okay what he's done in the past and I am the first one to say dude that was wrong Mm-hmm. However, he his driving style is the more aggressive style, right? This isn't the first time we've seen aggressive drivers. And thank the Lord, and I said this earlier on today, that we didn't have Twitter and Facebook back on the Senna Prost days because mm-hmm. those keyboard warriors would have had a field day back then. Um, or any of the Schumacher entire time. Um, yeah. However, we have Max, who is... he His driving style is aggressive. He has learnt... That way, he's followed that. He's never tried to be anything or say he's anything he isn't. And that's just how he is. Lewis isn't necessarily an aggressive driver, right? That's just not his style of driving. Mm -hmm. That was all fair and well when Lewis was on the top, when it wasn't a case of someone is, you know, is having to actually fight to get back into that top spot. What we've seen this weekend, where Lewis would always back off because at the end of the day, all he's going to achieve is Max plowing into him because Max won't give up. Mm. He's got to get to that top spot. Lewis is already on it. He lets off because he's got a championship to lose if Max carries on, if he fights him and he knows that Max is not going to back down like some of the other non-aggressive drivers. This time round, we had Max on top, Lewis going, I have to fight this because I need that top space first. He's had to become aggressive. I don't think this whole... You know, people are saying, and I think even Lewis mentioned it in an interview at some point, where he's had to become more like Max in order to battle with them. Yeah. And I think part of that's correct, 
But they're kind of bringing it out to be something that it's not. He's not had to do it just to battle with them. He has to do it because he needs the advantage to get in front. And the only way you're going to get in front of Max when his car is working is by playing on his field. Because if you give up, you've just got no chance. Mm -hmm. And he would. He would always let off before. But he had the championship to lose if he crashed. Whereas Lewis will die before he gives something up. You know, it doesn't matter how far ahead he is. He's always going to go for it regardless. Um, Lewis just, if, I think if he was ahead this weekend in the championship, you would never have seen that happen. No. Because Lewis wouldn't have put himself at risk. However, for the first time in a long time, they need to be, like, they're losing. But is they're that, not in the front Is spot. Is that when Max needs to kind of implement some kind of mature, not more, he has matured. I don't want to say he's an immature yes. driver now. He has matured a lot this season. We've seen a, a, a great kind of shift in his in his attitude towards the racing. Um, so I don't want to call him an, uh, an immature ra uh, racer. But knowing he was 32 points clear in the championship going into the race, seeing the, the aggressive, um, you know, retorts to his, aggress his own aggression uh, in the race, could he have not have thought, you know what, he's been aggressive, he's probably going to overtake me here, but I should maximise my points, maybe by giving up here, I've got a whole race to, to to get it back, I've got the pit stop, my pit crew are the fastest pit crew on the grid, um, always, you know, always breaking the two second kind of pit stop um, time uh, records and whatnot, um, I've got a good chance that I'll overtake him later on in the race. Um <laughs> Like I'm not blaming him. Yeah. I don't want. I don't no. want anyone to think that I'm, I'm blaming Max no, at all. No. Um, but but as we as we pointed out, yeah, Lewis uh, historically would have backed out and maintained as many points as possible just to just just to basically keep his position in the uh, championship. Is this mm -hmm. something that Max needs to look at uh, internally and learn from? I definitely think it is something that he needs to have a, a hard look in the mirror about. But then also on the flip side, aggressive aggressive drivers in general will never be able to lift off that pedal. Mm. It's not in their nature, regardless to how far ahead they are. It's just, even just going back in history F1, it's just not their style. Also, you kind of got to think, well, Lewis has done this how many times? Mm. You know, he knows what it takes to be a champion and to maintain that lead. This is the first time Max has ever really done it. <laughs> He's never had to think beyond, get the point, get the point, get the point. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's probably not, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't even, you know, in the mindset of that yet, simply because he's never been there before. This this is aspect of it is so new to him mm. um, that it's, it is very possible that that's just something he definitely needs to learn. And you can only learn that from being on the top and losing it all because you were adapted. Yeah, because he's going to get to the end of the season. And if if he doesn't win, he's going to see this as a, the, the turning point. Um, you know, should I have backed off? Did I have? Did I really need to be that aggressive? I've got, I've got what is the fastest car of the year um, behind me or underneath me? Um, as I say, I, I'm not blaming Max by any by any stretch of the imagination, but I think um, Lewis has in in, in his, historic races perhaps used his advantage in the in the championship and thought, mm -hmm. you know what, points is points is still good. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe I should kind of try and maintain them as much as possible. Okay, I don't, I, I don't want to dwell on this too long because we, we, we've already been talking about this for over 35 minutes. So I do apologise to our, our fans uh, for chatting. But it is, it's, it's obviously the hot topic. Uh, so we definitely needed to address it. Um, all I want to do is reiterate what Danny, uh, Sponge and Joe have mentioned um, that 
the vile racist uh, abuse that was received by Hamilton uh, after the race uh, was absolutely uncalled for. Um, there's just no room for it in F1, and there's no room for it in civilization uh, nowadays anyway. What are you doing? Get yourself out of the 50s and 40s and 60s or whatever it was and bring yourself up into the 21st century uh, and be an adult. Um, it's just not on, and we don't want to see it on anywhere on our, on our platforms. Um, so let's talk about the rest of the race. Let's go to Danny first, because uh, you haven't spoken for a, a little while. Um, who else impressed you in the Silverstone Grand Prix this weekend? Well, you know what? I, um, I found myself again watching Alonso with a beaming smile on my face <laughs> because that isn't it great just to see him racing mm. and drive? I don't, you know, he's still got it, hasn't he? He really has still got it. I mean, the first couple of laps, I don't think he was ever in a straight line. <laughs> he, was, he was all over the place. But, you know, he was determined. And again, you know, race after race, we're seeing he's not in the top three. But he is battling, and he's doing very well with. And we've seen him qualifying, you know, with the Alpine, and mm -hmm. he, he's doing well, really well. And he's still got it. I was worried when he came back uh, that he wouldn't quite have the what would you call it? You know, the the push. You know, you see these, the mojo. His his mojo. Yeah, he's the not, mojo. Not fully, fully, fully there. Yeah, you know, coming back into F one isn't going to be an easy thing, and you could fall back a little bit, but he's not, he's not letting that happen. He's pushing himself up and yeah, just zigzagging in and out of cars like mm -hmm. a mentalist. It was, it was great to see. <laughs> I, I love seeing him just battling and race after race, we're seeing him really pushing that car as much as possible. And it's great to see. Yeah, it is. Uh, he's certainly now getting comfortable with the car. The car is be the, the the Alpine team are providing him with is getting better, or you know at least it's it's providing him with the ability to overtake, which is great. And he's he's doing exactly what he's there to uh, he's been hired to do. Um, how about you, Sponge? Did anyone impress you this weekend uh, during the Silverstone Grand Prix? Uh, yeah, I was I was really impressed with Danny Rick. I thought he, he performed really well during the race. Mm -hmm. um, kept his position really well towards the end. He was good in qualifying, um, good in the sprint. I think he had a, a really good solid weekend, and I think that they kind of mentioned it to him on Sky Sports. That, you know, is this the weekend that it's clicked? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think that that, that was my that was my uh, that was my pick, Danny Rick. Okay, um, and Joe, who would you choose? Leclerc. Leclerc. <laughs> uh, yeah. He was leading the I race was... for so long. Do you know what? Both the Ferraris, I mean, obviously I was watching the McLarens and more than anything, but both the Ferraris, I actually found myself giving it, get in there, go for it, well done. Mm -hmm. I was just, I don't know, you see between them and like the Williams, I just, I can't believe how far these teams have come in such a short amount of time. Do you know? And I, I just found all across the grid, all these teams that were struggling, um, other than the Haas boys, sorry Haas, um, yous are still exactly, you know, where you were. Um, however, yeah, just, all of them were doing so well, but Leclerc just, oh, my heart broke for him. It really did at the end, because he'd done a stellar race. He really done. And we weren't did. we weren't expecting Ferrari to be so competitive, but even Carlos no. Sainz uh, at various points was, was quite high up the, the, the grid, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, he finished, what, P6? Um, so, yeah, just 
given how far they've come, given the fact, you know, Signs is, is a new team for them this year as well, mm-hmm. um, I just, I was really impressed with the way they just kind of got their head down, they'd done what needed to be done, they didn't make a fuss about it, um, it was just brilliant, I really enjoyed watching watching their drive this weekend. Just note that uh, Tom has left the building, uh, he said he's got a work emergency, so I do apologise to our listeners. Uh, Tom has left the rest of the podcast, so we do apologise. We'll be down to four members, which is plenty, because that's all we usually have. Um, But thank you very much for your input, Tom. As always, it is much appreciated. Um, How about anyone else then? I I agree with you about your your sentiments on Ferrari. It was great to see them up there, uh, and Leclerc did an amazing job. Fully deserved the uh, driver of the day, in my opinion. Um, Definitely. Uh, Danny, have you got anyone else that you want to talk about today? Um, well, Russell, I'm going to obviously now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so just, so, just so everyone knows, we've got a, a Max Verstappen fangirl, uh, and we've also got a Georgie Boy fanboy. Um, Danny, is, <laughs> Danny always has to mention Georgie Boy. So Look, carry on, you, this, is, this is your five minutes. Eventually, come on, you know, the McLaren one's coming. <laughs> Never, I'm not even wearing the t-shirt. <laughs> no, he's, uh, he, had, he had a good weekend, didn't he? A uh, good weekend, lost out. Um, again, comes back to the whole. Um, I didn't see a single person who said he um, deserved the. Well, apart from Sins, obviously, <laughs> the uh, penalty <laughs> that he got. Mm. Um, again, it's like we're trying to, or they're trying to dull down racing, really. Um, mm. And it's a shame to see. He did well. Um, should he got points? Yeah, it would have been nice to see, but I don't think it was. Um, his best weekend you know there's been other weekends where he really should have been there and wasn't so uh, but he was very comfortable and he did a very good job and again we're seeing Williams um, yeah that car being the wheels being driven off it it's unbelievable really where, where he's putting it I think we've definitely got to mention that qualifying lap that was just it, it was insane to watch it on the TV I would have loved to have been there in the you know in in person uh, sponge you were there uh, what was the, what was the crowd like when during the uh, unbelievable it must have Absolutely been so unbelievable so loud. I got emotional personally I was watching it I was like yeah. this this is this is the the, you know the changing of the guard. It's not we're not getting we're not getting rid of Lewis any anytime soon. But it it just shows that the British uh, supporters have certainly got some great people to to support into the future when Lewis does eventually leave uh, the sport. There is definitely a change of the guard happening right now. Mm-hmm. Whether it goes to Lando or George, I don't know. I think it will probably go to Lando for now. But but they're equally as loved. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, going back to your question about George, the the roar was unbelievable when he got through, mm-hmm. um, and then his performance in in Q three, just awesome. And I mean, I've not I've not heard a roar like that since I last went to the football, <laughs> and I've never experienced a roar like that at the Formula One before. Even when Hamilton was winning his races, I mean, I've been going. I haven't missed a year since 2012, I think it is. Uh-huh. You know, going at least one day. I've never had anything like that, as you know, in, in qualifying. So, I, I mean, hats off to the guy. I, I was gutted that he got that ninth in the sprint, yeah. and then obviously missed out on the the race. Um, yeah, 
yeah, I, I just, if, I just, if that I was a, if that was a full blown race, he would have got a point at the point that he wanted, but because it was a sprint. Yeah. Yeah, it was only one third of the distance, though, wasn't it? So yeah. you could say, you know, would he have held on to that for for the rest of the race? But even so, he's he's moving that team forward, mm-hmm. and I think I think he he's already got to be held in the highest of regard. In in you know, like the the Alonso at Ferrari, he is dragging that car to places on that grid that it should not be. Well, you, um, you only have to look at his teammate to, to to see that, you know. Yeah. Let's see if he hasn't been out of Q Q one, has he? Uh, <laughs> at all. This is it. He he hasn't, you know, made m- much of a move uh, in in the actual races either. So, it, you know, he he is a superb talent to watch, and we are hoping on the podcast, I think, that that he gets his seat at Mercedes next year. Um, some of us have got other ideas that it might not be that. Um, i.e. me, I, I I just can't see Bottas uh, being dropped by Mercedes, um, but I want him to be. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely right to bring him up, uh, Danny. And uh, I, I know we we kind of have a joke at your expense because you're the Georgia boy fanboy, but definitely he he was he was amazing uh, to watch on the qualifying, and he did a good job on the sprint, uh, and well, then of what, course the race. Also, as well. what 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 I would like to add as well is that Williams clearly are um, getting better. Um, we've heard him a lot on the radio. I think they're working a lot more with him, what, listening to what he says. And I think he's deserved that position now as well, where he can suggest something and they listen and they work yeah. with him and they're able to do that. I mean, as much as we're saying, obviously the car isn't its best, obviously. Um, yeah. However, they are improving. The fact that he can get up the grid in qualifying and he can hold that position, it fluctuates slightly, of course, but you know he's not go back in time and even when he was able to push himself up that grid mm-hmm. immediately in the race we knew it wasn't going to happen he was right down to the bottom straight away they couldn't yeah. do anything they were pitting three times and everybody else was pitting once you know and, and it was always terrible whereas we you can also see an improvement within Williams themselves and the fact that Latifi's still down there and Russell's up there all mm-hmm. I can put it down to is actually they're listening to him he's learning himself um, from being able to race and not being where um, Schumacher and Mazepin are now, um, which is where Williams used to be. Um, you know, he's actually racing now and he's able to learn about the car, which mm-hmm. he clearly is doing. He's feeding that back and clearly they're learning from him as well. So I think it's I, th- it, I think it's a teamwork, really. You know, I think we keep brushing it off. I do it myself, you know. George is dragging that car up that grid even though it's got two wheels and no engine and he's doing great and it's a but actually I think it is a little bit more teamwork and I think they are working very well together to be able to uh, to do that as well absolutely yeah Let, let's hope it's a, a sign of things to come uh, especially with the new regs uh, next year and the the car that was unveiled at the weekend also okay uh, anyone else we want to talk to before we move on to uh, discussing the the format of the weekend uh, Joe um, not really. I mean, to be honest, it, it, they all just deserve a pat on the back. Do you know Mazepin didn't finish last? Right, we have to mention that. You know, I have to do it. Whenever he does anything, I have to make a big song and dance about it. So he came in above <coughs> Schumacher. <laughs> First time. Like, yes! First time this season. That's something... Um, no, that's about it. Do you think I mean, he gave Ocon's... him a billion pounds before the race? Just take this billion and just let me have, have at least the, 
not the last position. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I could see it being a, probably more of a threat. Either you let me pass or I'm spinning you off. Because, you know, he's got to go where his talent is. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Ocon, hopefully this is a, a, a turning point for him, mm. you know? Um, but yeah, they all just done, they done so well this weekend. They really did. Um, I'm just, it was such an impressive race to watch. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Good. Uh, well, let's talk about the format of the weekend then. Uh, obviously, it was the first of the sprint race weekends. Oh, I said the uh, swear word that you're not allowed to say. You're not allowed to say sprint race. Although it was a race, we're not allowed to call it a sprint race. It's just the sprint. So we had the qualifying on the Friday. We had the sprint on the Saturday. <laughs> and we had, the obviously, the, the, the actual race on the Sunday, as per usual. Um, what were your thoughts on it, Danny? Uh, were you a fan of the format? Well, I mean... Beforehand, I said a lot that it was going to be a waste of time. Um, I drove, at the weekend, I went down to see uh, friends down in London, drove for um, four hours to get down there, met at the pub. Uh, it was half past three, so I put the um, sprint racing on, sat in the corner of the pub with uh, rum and coke, and couldn't take my <laughs> eyes off it. <laughs> Let's be honest, it's extra racing, isn't it? Yeah. We all want to see. The more we can squeeze into a weekend, it's great. I still have the... Um, opinion of you know they're bringing so much um limits financially in that i can't see it working as you know as a permanent setup um mm -hmm. it went smoothly of course it did it's the first one everybody wants it to go smoothly that's not going to keep up we're going to get you know car crashes we're going to get clips we're going to get things like that and then the more racing you add on like that where you're side to side with other um the drivers the more issues you're going to get and the more um financial issues you're going to get and when you're bringing in limits it's just not going to work and eventually it's going to it's going to break teams really i mean what do you do when you get to the limit and you're still killing your car you know it's mm. uh, because you're doing essentially two you know if they don't want to call it a race that's fine but it is it's a short race and as i say it was nice to see it was all nice and polite and smooth and everything but it was the first one that's not going to keep up and especially as we're getting um this season has been more competitive than ever whether you're looking at first and second you're mm -hmm. looking at fourth and fifth or you're looking at seventh and eighth you know you no matter where you look on the grid mm -hmm. obviously not right at the back <laughs> you always <laughs> see the same but wherever you're looking on that grid you have people fighting for that position you know you have alpine fighting with aston martin are you at the right at the top you've got red bull or max fighting with uh, mercedes and you've got mclaren fighting with ferrari you know we've got so many battles going on and so the sprint races are going to turn into a bit more of a what we see in a fiery race like race day and the financial outcome of that could be devastating really when you're bringing in um you know caps it's just not going to work in my opinion, it's not going to work because it's it's just going to be, it's not going to be beneficial anymore. I mean, for for a couple of points, you know, and then mm. what you're going to see is you're going to see the, just people not bothering because why would you bother? Well, at the moment, but at the moment, it dictates your your starting position on a Sunday, um, so you will have to be bothered. Um, I, I my, my opinion on it, um, I really liked the qualifying on the Friday. Um, I I think it gave. Friday a bit more purpose um, not that I didn't enjoy didn't ever enjoy kind of uh, watching the free practice but it, it kind of gave 
it made it a more of a, a three-day event um so there was something on each day that, that was actually competitive the sprint itself uh after the first nine laps i think it was pretty pointless um i think maybe 17 laps was too much maybe give them 10 laps um but obviously that would be different for each each circuit because obviously the the length of the lap itself um but you know it just fell into a bit a bit processional after the first kind of eight eight nine laps um and i just think it was too long too long uh, for a sprint um and what i would say is i don't think the qualifying it should be a qualifying position for the race day because i did find that a bit flat um obviously you get your qualifying um you get your fastest lap and that that person sits on pole um it just didn't feel right uh, having that from uh, having that result come from the 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 sprint as it were i think maybe what they could do uh, and i'd like to hear your suggestions of what they could do, could do to make it better folks um i think what they could do is friday qualifying sprint in the morning saturday qualifying uh, and then the race on sunday um obviously with a with a free practice um, on the Friday morning, uh, be it maybe you give them an extra thirty minutes or something, give them a ninety-minute practice session or something, or a sixty-minute practice session uh, on the Friday morning. Um, what what are you, what were your thoughts on it, Sponge? Obviously, you were there to witness the Friday qualifying um, and the, obviously the standard free practice, um, and then you watch the rest of it at home on Saturday and Sunday. What what were your thoughts on the the, the format this weekend? Um. I think it was always going to be different anyway, wasn't it? Because they'd already said, well, they've already changed it so that it's like two one-hour sessions on a Friday rather than hour and a half on a Friday. Yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, it, it massively changed the day around. In terms of being a fan, mm-hmm. it made an absolute nightmare on Friday because rather than, you know, if you're, if you're there on a Saturday and you watch qualifying, usually qualifying is like, you know, couple of hours into the afternoon mm-hmm. and then you've got like f2 f3 porsche super cup or whatever you know that they, they usually go on into the evening so people kind of trickle out of the, the circuit whereas from a fan's point of view literally everybody just left straight after qualifying <laughs> and it took it took me i think it was an hour and 20 minutes to get off the car park ouch and then onto the onto the A road to go down to the M40. So, it, you know that that kind of thing is a logistical nightmare. Um, I think in terms of the the sessions, I'm I'm just glad that that the FIA Liberty Media F1 are trying to do something different. I think, yeah. you know, whatever anybody's uh, opinions on the sessions are, I think they're trying to mix it up a little bit. I love I love the idea of giving them no time to prepare because we've said this before. Yeah. Whenever you know, whenever mm. they've been to a new track like Imola last year, when they've had no time to prepare their cars, we've had some of the best races that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm, I'm all for a lack of preparation. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I agree. It, uh because they're so good at the preparation, aren't they? They're so good at fine-tuning their cars. You give give them too long, and they they're all glued to the track and performing to the to the hundred percent. And we we don't want to always see that. Joe, what were your thoughts on the weekend? Um, to be honest, I kind of have to mimic very much what what you've all already said. Um, I agree with Danny that you know when we have these limitations coming in, um, yeah. I mean, with the cost being 
cost cap coming in and all the rest of it, it's going to pose more of an issue. And yes, this weekend was all polite and it was pretty and everyone was on their best behaviours. However, the more often this does happen, it will become a bigger dogfight, which, you know, there, come, there goes your issues, there goes your money issues and your repair issues. Um, I also kind of felt like I was I was half and half with it. I absolutely loved the fact that we had what to me felt like three day event. Mm-hmm. You know, there was something every day. There was something to be excited about every day. It was, it was absolutely brilliant in that sense. The teams didn't have as much time to prepare. Um, however, if done too often, I think it is going to have the adverse effect. I mean. I was on holiday, so that was kind of handy. However, had I been working, that would have been an issue. Yeah. Um, you know, a bit selfishly, I had three feeds to do over the weekend, so that was quite exhausting in itself. And if that <laughs> exhausts me, when all I'm doing is typing on a computer, yeah. I have to admit, I think the drivers and the teams are going to be quite exhausted by it. So, you know, thinking of that, the mental, all the... Um, the physical and mental side of the preparation to go into a race, to go into a quality and stuff like that, I think it would take a toll, even if it is only a handful of races a year, it is a lot extra and we keep adding these races every year. Mm. I would much uh, prefer to see a bigger calendar than have another sprint qualifying. (laughs) That was difficult to say. (laughs) Um, Personally, I'd rather see it that way. Mm. I do think that they're on the the right lines this just definitely isn't the end what it should look like at the end there's tweaks here i don't know what it is but they're definitely moving in a direction that is good for f1 and good for the fans without absolutely you know killing the drivers and the teams this this format right now definitely isn't it there's too many cons to it but it was it was really exciting to see the other thing that kind of thingied it for me was the change between, if you look at the uh, results between Friday and Saturday, I think we would have got the same result pretty much. I mean, they're almost identical. I know they're not, but they didn't give that big shake up that I think we all were looking for. And I think, you know, even F1, that was what they were looking for. For me, those lower teams who are fighting have a better chance in a standard qualifying Mm. than they did that sprint race. So I just don't think we got enough pros out of it if yeah. that makes sense no absolutely I agree uh, like I say I, again the, 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 just the, the length of, of the sprint just it, got, it was too long because once mm-hmm. once all the action had happened and it was an action packed first couple of laps uh, and there were some great moves uh, and Alonso again had a, a, a great uh, few a few manoeuvres through that sprint as well um, I just felt it, it went a bit flat at the end uh, but you know these things can be adjusted. Uh, I've mm-hmm. suggested my adjustments. Uh, Danny, what what would you do to change the weekend to uh, to to make it a little bit better? Um, I'm not sure really because as I say, I, I don't think it works really. I mean, I've I've always said uh, for a while, I don't think there's any issue with the way the weekends are. If anything, I agree. Maybe the the amount of preparation they get is uh, much. You know, the, the three practice sessions, um, but then you drop one of them you're going to have to put something in for the fans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you say, you know, it's a bit, it's going to go one or two ways. Either it's going to keep qualifying and sprint qualifying is going to be the same. It's going to be soft constantly because nobody really wants to push it too much. Um, <clears throat> so you're going to have pretty much the same in which what's the point. Um, mm. 
are you going to have the opposite and people are really going to push it so that they can get them extra positions uh, in which is going to um, make financial issues when you when you get uh, damage you know and again that's going to be um, it's not going to be beneficial overall for anybody uh, so I don't think it works I've always liked the way the um, the weekend goes so yeah it's difficult to but I mean it is difficult it's good to see that they're trying to come up with something really um, that that's the important thing I think um, but yeah I think I think stick with I mean the regulations are changing you know the cars are changing let's make a step first let's get through that and then let's see what else we can do you see I, I deem it a good I, I, de I deem the weekend a success it was a, it was certainly I thought it was going to be just a bit too gimmicky but I, as I say I, I enjoyed it I enjoyed the sprint for the first nine laps uh, I enjoyed the, the, the arrangement of the weekend uh, so I think it was a success uh, but I think there are things that need to be adjusted from that um, and obviously Max the uh, Joe, your 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 uh, your favourite driver. He he made an absolutely amazing move on uh, on Lewis Hamilton uh, in um, the sprints. Obviously, he qu he qualified in second, but he used the uh, his mo you know his his skills, his aggressiveness. Uh, aggressive. Yeah, if that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, but it comes to Max. It definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he used it, and he and he, he came out in front, and obviously that's he qualified mm -hmm. uh, on pole for the race the following day. So. Oh, amazing. I mean, I agree. There is a lot of uh, really good aspects about about the weekend. It was really good. Definitely does have to be shorter. Although, just throwing it out there, what about if we done this, made all the sprint race in F two cars? <laughs> no, no. There you go. But we watch F one. <laughs> we don't watch F. Well, we do watch yeah, F two. But, but if we don't they watch... all have to make like one car for the sprint qualifying. Mm. that was bog standard the same throughout and that's what they did the sprint in it would still be an f1 car but it would be like the f1 just the f1 sprint car and everyone <laughs> has to have 5. the exact same yeah that's mm. what we, i bet you that would make it worth watching but that would also that would, there you that go. would also cost a lot of money oh i see we always come back to <laughs> the that we're we're a little bit too soon on this yeah we've still got like a couple more i i am kind of going to way off because this is only one track we don't know mm. it's got, might mm. tank at the next track might be absolutely amazing at the next track well i mean picking up on what danny said i completely agree with him about this cost cap about the cost cap that's coming in and the fact that you know pe the, the teams are trying to kind of find their way into this cost cap and i think you've all hit the nail on the head you know teams like williams for example they did really well in the race mm. but then uh, sorry, the sprint. But then going into a full race after that, it's like, well, they haven't got, they probably haven't got the car to manage both of them. But maybe two, two or three years down the line, when the cost cap has had chance to kind of level, level the playing field a little bit, are we, are we two or three years too early? Maybe. I mean, huh. it's certainly something they're going to be. I don't think they're going to roll it out next year. For, for example, uh, certainly yeah. not at every single race. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. It's it's certainly an interesting time in Formula One. I'm, I'm pleased they're they're trying new things. Uh, as many of you have mirrored those sentiments, um, I think it needs a few tweaks. But it was it, it was I think a successful a uh, successful. Ugh, I'll try and say that again. A successful pilot of the sprint format. 
Okay, moving on. Uh, any other stories that you want to speak to that's come in, uh, come across in the news uh, this week? The only thing I can think of, uh, is, and we'll, we'll talk about it very briefly, was that unveiling of the 2022 car on Thursday. Um, we've obviously seen the half-size or two-thirds size models, um, but they actually unveiled the life-size uh, car on Thursday, um, and they put a nice little shiny wrap across it to make it look all sparkly and modern and uh, and futuristic and whatnot. What were your thoughts on the car, Danny? Yeah, well, I was, I was at work, and somebody asked me, um, I mentioned it to him, I said, did you see it? Mm. He said, no, I haven't seen it yet. I said, right, if I tell you to get a pen and paper and some colouring in and draw <laughs> an F1 car of the future, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I yeah. said, if you look at the back, you're going to put some fancy little curves in it and you're going to put, <laughs> and it looks like that. But it's nice, you know, it is nice, but it was all wrapped in silvery, glittery sort of, you know, and we're all magpies, aren't we? So of course we went, ooh, that's nice. <laughs> Shiny. Ooh, look at that. Yeah, so, you know, it's- I uh, actually made that very sound as well, didn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, yeah, you know, so yeah, it looks nice. Whether it brings more racing and closer racing, we'll see. Um, it's It'll be interesting to see. It's, uh, it's it's different. You can't tell, can you? It's a. Uh, I mean, no. we can look at the car and we can go. That's really nice. But realistically, none of us have a clue what it's going to be like. Uh, so we just need to see. It's, it's it certainly looks pretty. It's a pretty looking car. The front wing is very big, uh, very kind of sim simplistic compared to obviously this year's um, front wings. Um, very reminiscent of one outgoing uh, Formula One um, owner or not owner uh, Formula One. Uh, the leader, the Chase Carey, he's, he's certainly left his mark, <laughs> at least on the front wing uh, of the Formula One car of the future. Um, but as say, as you say, as long as it brings close racing, we don't we don't care what it looks like. Well, it's got to look nice, um, and it does look nice. Uh, but they are going to be slower than uh, than the cars this year um, by a few seconds because they're going to be heavier. Um, what were you going to say, Sponge? I was just going to say I actually saw the car like in the flesh they mm -hmm. had it on the the stand uh, on the friday uh, in the fan zone and I, I i genuinely can't understand why they went with the livery that they went with because it looks hideous it really really does look hideous <laughs> i don't think there's any way of like glossing over it it looks hideous but you've all seen the the renders of the you know the current liveries from the teams on that car yeah and it just transforms it it really does and i, I have to say seeing it seeing it in the flesh up close it looks the business it looks really really good when mm -hmm. you can see past that that livery the sparkly the, shine. The, i think they probably did it for cam for the camera that shiny wrap it's, yeah uh, i was ex i was expecting goldfinger to to jump out from behind and go <laughs> Ashton Powers. <laughs> <laughs> joe what were your thoughts on the car um i thought i thought what did i think i looked at it and went Gosh, that is sexy. I'm not even going to lie. I looked at it and thought it's sleek. Um, forget about the livery. Forget about the colours and all the rest of it. I the lines. Quite like the livery. <laughs> of course. You're talking about your beard, not the livery. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was. It was just very clean. It was very beautiful, very fluid, and I just 
I loved the sleekness to it. Mm. I just, it's kind of makes you want to just touch it. Do you know, it's so... We're still I'm talking about the guys. F1 car from I know. Like 2002. <laughs> <laughs> this, this doesn't really help for a podcast, but it's sort of like... She's oh, gesticulating, like... everyone. She's gesticulating. <laughs> it is beautiful looking. And to think, you know, if you think in your mind's eye about how um, aerodynamics work and stuff like that, it just looks right. You know, everything looks like it's going to be perfect on it. Whether it is or not, it's a completely different story. However, I just found it's like the it's the sexier version of the twenty one car. You know, it's sleeker, it's 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 just lush. Looks nice. And as <laughs> I, I quite like the sparkliness. I quite like the if if one of the teams doesn't go with some kind of holographic wrap or kind of livery, they're missing a trick. Because I, I quite like I the quite kids' like drawing style. You know, the splat of <laughs> colour everywhere. I was like, ooh, that one's mine. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, whether whether it trans uh, whether, whether it um, gives us close racing, we will find out soon. Well, in about half a year's time, because um, we are coming to the middle of the year uh, in the Formula One season. Uh, so we're not 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 far away from it, really. Uh, so watch this space. Um, as mm-hmm. as it's all we can say, really. Any other news points that you want to talk about, Danny? Uh, well, just one nice thing. Um, Mick Schumacher had a drive in his um, dad's first debut F1 car. At the I weekend, saw that today, which yeah, is a, today. a nice positive thing to see. If you haven't seen it, uh, there's plenty of images online to see. It just brings, It's heartwarming, isn't it, really? And yeah. it all reminds us that we hope he's there watching the TV watching this all unravel you know you, you don't know but it's it's nice to see um i think it yet again puts more pressure on him and mm-hmm. his name um people expecting him to be um up first and second soon enough and <laughs> you know it's uh which he may get there eventually mm-hmm. um but there's so many other uh, drivers on the grid at the minute which is so promising I think it's going to be difficult for him to ever to get into a position where he's going to be able to get up there. Um, but yeah, anyway, heartwarming to see, nice to see. Um, yeah, look at the images if you haven't seen them yet because it's nice and, uh, and a nice car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, beautiful car as well. That uh, Seven Up car. Um, I I also want to. There's some more wholesome content as well that we that we must mention, uh, even though uh, Sebastian Vettel did DNF uh, in the race. Uh, on Sunday, he still waited until all the fans had left the the, the stands, and it, and he did a a bit of litter collection. Now I don't know how staged it was. It didn't look staged. I want to I want to say that. Um, it doesn't matter he, if it is. He, he still did. He he made an attempt, and it's it's a very nice thing to see. A nice touch, um, you know. And it, it just I think with Vettel, he's kind of he's becoming this elder statesman now of the sport isn't he he's becoming kind of this person to look up to people kind of ha- probably had different opinions of him when he was at ferrari or certainly when he was at red bull uh, and his aggressive um t- you know you know maneuvers and whatnot on his teammate and where else uh, and obviously his dominance for a few years but i think over the last few years it's kind of he's mellowed he's become a dad he's got He's trying to use his responsibility. He's, he's certainly backed up Lewis with all this Black Lives Matter and and, and the and, and the, the kick at racism, um, and yeah, and and this whole point of him collecting the the, the rubbish at the end of the uh, the race was just a nice touch from him. Uh, and obviously, he did that 
was it the B farm with the the, the racing um, car B farm that yep. he did um, in Austria? It just they're just nice touches, aren't they? And it shows that he's got a, a caring nature. And well, it, it, it's wholesome. We've also seen him picking his own wing up when he's knocked it off. You know, I, th- I think I think he's adding things to the CV. So when he's finished with F one, he can stay there and can be a. You know, he, he's got a job to do. <laughs> Doesn't matter he's what it is, leaving. he just wants to stay in F one. You know, I'll, I'll clean the stands. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll, yeah, I'll clean the track. Look, I can do it. Look. <laughs> but, but hats off to you, Seb. Well, done. well, that was a, a nice touch. Okay, well, all that's left for me to say is thank you very much for everyone for tuning in today. Uh, hopefully we've summarised the events of the weekend uh, and kept you entertained for the hour that you've been listening to us. Um, as always, and I will repeat it again, we are on all social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We've got a Discord server uh, and the, at the handle at joinef one we also have our shiny website, www.everythingf1.com, with articles going up regularly. And, of course, this podcast itself. Make sure you hit that subscribe button to hear more from us in the future. Please also remember you can give us a five-star review on some of those podcasting services. If you give us a five-star review, we'll give you a name call on the uh, podcast itself, your uh, shout-out. So all that's left to say, again, thank you very much for joining in. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Sponge. Thanks, Danny. Thank you all. Thank you again to Tom, who did disappear halfway through. This has been the Everything F1 podcast. I've been James Tiller. We will speak to you next week when we preview the Hungarian Grand Prix. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.